those children were sent to United States and Argentina, even though it was the promise given that children would be brought back to Ukraine, but they were not. And now those children are for sale. You can buy a disabled child for $18,000, and if the, ch uh, the child is uh, not that disabled it will be twice and much more and also there's something i've seen first time in my entire life you uh, on their website it says you can rent a child for three to four weeks for thirty five hundred dollars Vaccinated or not, toxic spike proteins pose a long-term threat to your health. The top doctors at the Wellness Company have introduced a revolutionary spike support formula that is the only product that contains ingredients that block and dissolve spike proteins inside your body. The powerful formula has been shown to dissolve spike proteins and blood clots, and it works to help your body repair from other potential damage. This amazing formula is also much less expensive than buying each ingredient separately. That's because the wellness company puts you and your needs first. Use the link below or go to sarahwestall.com under shop to buy your daily spike support. It's time to protect you and your family against the effects of COVID, vaccines, and shedding. Again, use the link below or buy at sarahwestall.com under shop. Welcome to Business Game Changers. I'm Sarah Westall. I have Mira Tarada coming to the program. She actually is rejoining the program. She was on the program about a year and a half ago to disclose the fact that there were children on the Ukrainian hit list and some as young as 10 years old or 11 years old were on this hit list. But now she's coming back to talk about the child trafficking that's happening in Ukraine with different governments involved. She is from the Foundation to Battle Injustice. And so she's not just fighting for children. She's fighting for injustice all over the world. And she's going to talk about that. She lived here in the United States for eight years, but she's fighting for justice. A lot of it is in war-torn areas because that's where people are so vulnerable. Um, but in we talk about the United States and how we've pretty much... <laughs> Got, got, we're in a dark time where there's so much injustice going here and our co our courts are so broken and people are being persecuted. And so she's helping people here in the United States as well. And, you know, a lot of it is political persecution, uh, children who are being tried. We have 80,000 kids missing over our southern border. Where are they? That's a, a very scary situation. That's a that's crimes against humanity happening right under our noses. And a lot of us know this and we're just, we don't, we're doing everything we can to get the word out, to try to get people to do something, but our courts and our political system is so broken that we can't even do the basic things to help these children and to make a difference. And so that's why she, her organizations like hers exist. And she's going to talk about how she helps people in countries. And a lot of times the organizations outside the countries are more helpful than the organizations inside the countries because of the political pressure. And an international organization can help more than a national organization. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about that a little bit. But she also talks about how these children out of Ukraine, she found evidence that they're being they're disabled kids, which is just incredible. She found evidence that 
they're charging $18,000 to sell a Ukrainian disabled child. If they're less disabled, they charge twice as much. And they even rent them out for $3,500 uh, for a month or so. And she found all this evidence and it's just crazy. You know, that is a ring. It's a, it's an ongoing operation, but the governments, and she's going to talk about governments being involved in this. And that's what we're finding is this cesspool of corruption at the highest levels. And you bring this to the attention of these governments and they're not doing anything. And that's when you know you're completely broken, when the most vulnerable people amongst us are being trafficked like this. And so she's going to share it. She's going to bring a message of hope, too, that by, you know, it seems like we're in such a dark time because we're exposing all this. But the actual exposure, which feels so bad, it feels so dark, but this exposure is healing it's a healing process. It's kind of like going through a detox where you feel like crap while you're detoxing. You feel worse than you did before. But once you're on the other side, you're way healthier. That's what we're going through. We're going through a worldwide detox. And we have to stay on this detox so that we can clean this up. And it's going to be awful while we're doing it. But we have to do it because there's no alternative. I mean, this is the this is the way. It's the way. Okay. Before we get into this interview, I want to tell you to if you have not bought your silver and gold yet, make sure you do that because we do know that the, this dollar is going to reset or have a hit because when all these these dollars come back from overseas, we know the BRIC nations are building. We know that the majority of the countries have already, over 180 countries have already signed up or signing on to the BRICS nations. When that happens and there's a threshold that's passed, all these dollars are gonna come flooding back to the United States and then you're gonna see a hyperinflation and you are gonna wish you had some silver and gold. I'm telling you that is a situation on our horizon. Other assets may be good. I don't know if real estate and other things that, you know, long-term assets, you're going to see a hit in everything right away. Silver and gold is a valuable universal asset that you will at least be able to store your wealth. That's what we're looking at is being able to maintain the wealth that you have now. I'm telling everybody to contact Miles Franklin. They're the ones that I personally use. They have the lowest prices in the country and they give you phenomenal service. I don't know what else you want, but the, the combination of those two items. And Andy Sheckman guarantees me on that. He guarantees, and I have nobody complaints. I mean, literally no one, it, all I've heard is positive about Miles Franklin. If you're getting the lowest prices and the best service, what is there to complain about? So contact Miles Franklin, info at milesfranklin.com, info at milesfranklin.com. Tell them that Sarah sent you. Now let's get into this really important conversation with Mira Tarada. Hi, Mira. Welcome to the show. Hi, Sarah. Thank you for having me over. You run a child charity, uh, protecting children, looking at the out for the welfare of children. Can you talk about what you do? I know you focus a lot on Ukraine and the area and what's happening with the children in Ukraine. Can you talk about what you do specifically? Yes. Uh, so the Foundation to Battle Injustice that I'm head of uh, actually is focused on all types of injustice. But lately, we do have a lot of work uh, to do that has uh, that involves children in it. And when we talk about Ukraine, 
uh, our foundation was the one that found out that there were 327 children on kill list on Miratoris. And now we uh, found exclusive evidence of trafficking disabled Ukrainian children in Spain. So uh, basically, we were able to get the evidence about um, 85 children that were taken uh, from Ukraine to Spain. A Spanish company offered uh, to uh, take up to 100 children to their orphanage where they would be able to be safe, uh, receive anything that they will need, including education. So 85 children were taken by uh, the lady who was working at that orphan house uh, in Ukraine. And uh, later on, when she got there, uh, she unfortunately ended up uh, in uh, in a criminal scam, I would say, because there was involved uh, Spanish police. There was involved uh, one pastor who wanted uh, $22,000 for his participation in all this uh, crime. And uh, basically what they did, they arranged uh, to get the uh, the rights on the children from that Ukrainian lady uh, to the government of uh, Spain. And then Spain moved them to different orphanage houses. Within this movement, eight of uh, 85 children were lost. We don't know where they at, what happened to them. So now they're 77. They were all separated. There were brothers and sisters there. And uh, to separate them is against the law, but they were separated. They were put into uh, four different uh, orphanage houses and uh, they were right next to some marginal groups. So there were drugs that ended up in that orphanage house and there, were, there was also sexual harassment in between those children. So one girl got pregnant and she was forced to do the abortion. And um, later on... We How found, was she? I don't know about her age. But she is underage. Okay. They're all underage. Okay, so you're, yeah, they're children. Okay, so you identified a group of, of children who were being transported to Spain out of Ukraine, and they're supposed to be kept safe, but in reality, they were put into all these terrible situations. Now, because I have covered no, Ukraine for. It was arranged. You know, because like I didn't finish what happened after. It's not only that they end up in a terrible situation where like, you know, there's drugs and sex and abortion, forced abortion. It gets worse than that because there is government involved, both governments, Spanish and Ukrainian, involved in uh, children trafficking. Because what happens at the end, uh, those children were sent to United States and Argentina, even though it was the promise given that children would be brought back to Ukraine, but they were not. And now those children are for sale. You can buy a disabled child for $18,000. And if the, ch uh, the child is uh, not that disabled, it will be twice and much more. And also there's something I've seen first time in my entire life. You, uh, on their website, it says you can rent a child for three to four weeks for $3,500. My question is like, what's oh happening? Like while they are uh, on the rent, you know, 
So we submitted all the paperwork to different uh, governmental institutions uh, supporting with all the evidence that we got because we got the documents about uh, illegal adoption basically by Ukraine uh, by Spanish government those children. Uh, we also were able to get uh, two conversations recorded with the woman who took children out of Spain, the Ukrainian lady, and with the Spanish man uh, who uh, brought those children to Spain. And they all also created, you know, the way how to deliver those children because they were bringing them through Poland to Spain and Poland and Spain are two uh, countries out of five which do not register children, immigrants, that are crossing the border. So later on, we found out that there are more than 85 only in Catalonia province, which is a small region in Spain. There are at least 250 Ukrainian children who were brought there, you know, and kept, being kept there. And uh, God knows what's happening to them because we still have to collect that evidence. But so far, this is what we found out. And this is what we are trying to fight for to bring children back and stop this uh, illegal activities. Oh, absolutely. I know I did some reporting back four years ago now, five years ago, where we tracked how the Ukrainian embassy was used to launder babies. And we had all the prices they were charging for all the different laundering services through their embassy for these for children, babies. And these were most of the babies came from the United States, laundered through the Ukrainian embassy and then back as you know, so they could be laundered and disappeared here into the system these children are ukrainian kids i mean we know that ukraine is just a ter is very very corrupt it's second it was listed second to last on the corruption list you don't get that low on the corruption list without really bad stuff happening but you're targeting this now this tells me that governments are involved so i want to ask you what governments that you know of are involved and it tells me this isn't a one-off operation this is something that is ongoing Yes, it's been ongoing because we've been following on these issues for several months. Uh, we know that there are some military groups uh, in Ukraine that are going through territories and trying to collect children. And they were after one girl who we were able to talk to who said that uh, they've been uh, after her for 10 months because she was separated with her mother uh, due to the military activities. And she was with her grandmother in different town. Those uh, military groups after this girl and they were telling that they are supposed to bring her to Germany. But in this specific case, uh, government of Ukraine and government of Spain were involved. Also, there were Spanish NGOs and American NGO called Angels involved in this process. There was also an NGO from Argentina called Milagres del Corazón. And uh, how do we know that the Ukrainian government involved also is that the lady, the Ukrainian lady who brought children to Spain, she uh, told Ukrainian government what is happening to those children uh, in Spain. And Ukrainian government told her to stay away from this. They fired her. They told her not to make this public because Spain is an ally of uh, Ukraine and they don't want any misunderstandings uh, with the Ukrainian, uh, with the Spanish government. So it's just incredible. Now, are these children kids from all over Ukraine um, who are in war-torn areas or I mean what's what is specific about these kids? 
a parent yeah. of some sort. Yes, uh, those children, uh, they are uh, orphans. They are from special boarding school number 40. Uh, it's uh, the Bakhmut district, Artyomovsky district of DPR. At the moment when they were taken away, that territory was under control of Ukraine, and uh, currently it's under Russian control. But what surprises me in the answer of Ukrainian government is that uh, in this specific case, the political military interests uh, were put above of the interests of children. I mean, I, I get it all, but when we talk about children, there should not be, uh, you know, any obstacles on the way to uh, make them happy and safe. And in this case, Ukrainian government just chooses not to do anything about children trafficking and in order not to ruin relationship with Spain because Spain is an ally. This is just out of my understanding and out of understanding of many people. Uh, yeah, it's out of understanding of any civilized uh, group. But as we both know, and I've been tra covering trafficking for a long time. Human yeah, so trafficking children, is an epidemic that is happening worldwide. Of, it's terrible. Yes, most of the children have intellectual and physical disabilities. So this is why they were like put at that uh, internet school, you know, like where they stay all together and like they don't have parents to take care. So this is why uh, the government basically was supposed to take care of them. And now we see how it's been taken care. And of course, those children have nobody to ask and look for after them, you know, except for people who care, like people like us who found out, accidentally found out about this story and started investigating it and uh, figured out what's happening and now we were able to report and hopefully something will be done with the situation and uh, children will be returned back home, they will be safe, they will get the right education, they won't be abused, they're not going to lose any organs and I'm just hoping they're not involved in any type of uh, pedophile rings, you know, sexual rings and other kinds of exploitation that human traffickers do these days. Well, let me ask you, you are Russian or are you yes. German? I know Russian. that you, you, you're, are you, you're Russian. Okay. Now, um, is the Russian government doing anything? Uh, every country has, has a dark side when it comes to this and certain countries are doing more than other countries are. And certain countries have a lot of their officials who are involved in this um, more than others. But where is the Russian government standing on the issue? I mean, they all claim they care about human trafficking and the children. But is the Russian government doing anything about this at this point? Yes, absolutely. All the collected information we submitted to uh, governmental organizations, uh, the human rights organization, human rights of children, uh, different agencies that uh, professionally take care uh, issues like that and uh, they already uh, started making their first uh, moves 
which UNICEF unfortunately did not do, because this is not the first issue we approached UNICEF, the UN uh, Children Foundation that's supposed to take care of children uh, rights. We approached them so many times with all types of issues that happens to children in Ukraine, in Syria, in Libya, in Yemen, and other uh, places all over the world where there is a military conflict, where children suffered because this is the most sensitive region for children to become victims of human trafficking. And there was no answer. And uh, this is what makes me think that if they don't do nothing, that must be uh, another institution created that truly does care. This is why in the middle of April, I uh, sent an offer to UNICEF as well to create an international organization that will be seeking for children uh, who got missed during military conflicts all over the world. I'm not talking only about Ukraine. And there was no answer. Yep. So this is why I started this initiative uh, here in Russia uh, with the help of uh, other NGOs from different countries who, do, uh, who do, uh, they do the same type of work uh, also all over the world, but I just offer them to unite together and do this work together uh, because it just opens us more doors and gives us more tools and mechanisms. But uh, surprisingly, you, you know, legally, we do have such an institution, but unfortunately, it's a dead institute. Yeah, it's just the, the, the issue worldwide wouldn't be this bad if they actually cared. It It's really kind of a sad situation, but you go after just injustice in general. So what besides dealing with children? Um, and I know this is the topic you want to talk to about today, which we can get back to it. But I want to know more like broadly, what else does your organization do and you do specifically? Uh, we fight with the police and judicial uh, outrage as well all over the world and um, different kind of political repression against, for example, uh, prisoners of January 6th in U.S. and uh, many others. So everywhere where there is injustice, uh, people do approach our foundation in order to get help because sometimes it's easier to get help from the NGO that's located outside of your country because usually when there is injustice and uh, if it's political repression, that means it's government involved. And if the NGO is inside the same country, they can just be pressed so much that they don't have any options to help. And this is why we exist. Yeah. Uh, so we can help from where we at because we are safe here and we know what we can do and how to help. Well, that's very curious because, uh, you know, a lot of people in the United States feel very helpless right now, that there isn't much, there's a lot of victimization here in this country and they don't feel that they're getting any help from their government or from anybody. And the courts are all corrupt and it just it feels very helpless you know people are feeling helpless right now so you're saying that an international organization can make a difference and can you talk about that maybe you can give some people hope here because like i said i mean we're all fighting i'm fighting some of these injustices but people do feel very um you know, it's a little daunting when in your own country, you don't feel like you have the tools necessary. The justice system is so broken. It's so corrupt. How do you go in and help? How, you know, how, how do you do that in foreign countries? And are you seeing what I'm seeing that the United States has really 
you know, reached a low point. Unfortunately, that's what it is. I used to live in the United States. I lived there for eight years. Uh, that's where, uh, you know, I spent a lot of my adult life. I love United States. I love people. I have friends. I have some family there, family members there as well. And uh, I certainly uh, see and unfortunately, uh, I feel very sad about what's happening in the U.S. right now, and especially for people, uh, because there are so many good people. And, uh, for example, even situation with Tara Reid, who came to Russia, uh, you know, because she did not feel that she can testify and remain safe in her own country. This is why she's looking for asylum, for help here. And uh, many other people who's been through something similar, and this is wrong. But the only help in this case, not only, but one of the uh, biggest help is not to uh, remain silent. Because if you will remain silent, it will be like re-victimization, re you know, over and over again. Uh, because people need to speak out about what is happening in order to get this help. For us to know, that something is wrong, you need to go out and approach us. And uh, in the cases like when there is total outrage, people must be talking about it without experiencing any fear. Because it, first of all, it's not forever like this. It, it, the regime is going to change anyway. Nothing is permanent in this world except for God. And uh, in this case, like people just can be open and speak about it, support each other, you know, uh, like remain together, not separate, because it's so easy to divide and be in power, but it's so hard to remain together and being together, that's what makes people stronger. So for us, first of all, uh, we are always seeking for the stories, what is happening in order to help to make uh, people's stories public. We can offer the judicial help, like help as the attorneys. We can offer psychological help. It's all different cases and different stories. We work a lot, for example, with parents whose children were taken away, like refugees uh, who moved to Europe, for example, and it just always the same story like in European countries government throw those people down of the uh, social elevator you know in order to take those children uh, away from those families and then they would be like huh you see we told you you're not able to support the child but you're the one who did all this to those poor families so we help people like that and uh, we have many many people uh, who contact us or their relatives contact us from prisons you know and uh, they had a unlawful sentence or charges you know from the beginning and they need all types of help to overview the case or get informational help to uh, let people know about their case all over the world so you know, in a brief, like, in a few words, this is what we do and this is how we're trying to help people. And uh, we have successful cases and that's the main uh, evidence that it, it works out. So your experience, you've been doing this for quite a long time, a few decades. Now, with this work behind you, 
how do you see the world? Are, are we in a dark time? Or a lot of people say there's an awakening everywhere. The United States might be darker, but other countries are awakening. Are awakening. What do you see? Are you seeing this as kind of a dark time worldwide or are things getting better? What are you seeing? Uh, I see that we are in a time of change. Uh, and um, just before our interview, I was preparing this lecture because um, this week I will be going to different city and I uh, will be telling people about hybrid war, informational war, psychological war, and how regular human being, not especially educated like a military person or governmental worker, how regular human being can stand through all this information pressure, you know, and how you can stand actually and understand that you are not in a dark place, you're in a time of change, it's not going to be forever, it will be different. Yes, we do live in historical times, and nobody said it was easy for our grandparents during Second World War, for example, you know, because it was also time of change. Or any other historical times, each country has their own history. And the thing is, uh, living in a time of change, it's a constant dynamic. Sometimes we may not see it or feel it, uh, or we may see it as a darkness, but actually we are moving toward the light. So uh, I definitely do not think that we are in a dark place. I think we are moving, we are moving towards something good. And um, I do believe in a multipolar world because this is normal when uh, everybody have their own sovereignty and everybody have respectful partnership, uh, mutual respect and mutual love toward each other. And that's how it's supposed to be. That's really a, a great way to look at it. And shining light on dark things make things feel darker, but you're actually healing it, right? You're shining light to heal. And during that process, it feels terrible, but you're healing. Yes. So what can people do to help you? I mean, these children, I want to get back to the, this issue that's just on the forefront of your mind because I know it really is, it's daunting. It's, you're, it's, it's traumatic to, to actually be working on some of these cases and you know firsthand some of these kids and things. What can people do to help? And I mean, have you guys saved any of the kids yet? That's a better question. I want to know, has any of these kids gotten out of these situations yet? No, not Okay, so what can what can we what can we do? I mean, they they're no, still getting no, more kids and rounding them up, right? Yeah, sorry, to uh, we know like a couple of stories when uh, uh, there was an uh, there was an attempt to take children, and it was prevented. So we know children like this and uh, like that and oh, families that yes, but uh, unfortunately, in majority cases, children are taken away and sent out. And you know, the statistic is crazy. Even before the uh, conflict in Ukraine, uh, every year uh, there was, according to an official statistic, there was 5,000 children missing every year. That's a lot for such a small country like Ukraine. And uh, the question is where they were going to, you know, what was happening. And now we understand it's a lot more. And how uh, Ukrainian government allowed this to happen, because children is our future. You know, as one of the professors of diplomatic university here in Russia said that uh, children are the center, the future centers of decision making, you know. 
So if those future centers of decision-making are taken away, something is done to them, their psychology is twisted, you know, they won't be able to make the right decisions in the future. They won't be able to build a healthy society, healthy families. So there is a great concern of mine and my colleagues about this issue in general, not only speaking about Ukraine, but other countries. We certainly do see that something is happening uh, and going on like some evil against children, against this future, and we're not going to let it go. And in order to help us, we will be uh, very grateful if uh, this, uh, you will keep talking about this issue, you will get curious about this situation because uh, not talking about this, it feels like it doesn't exist, but not talking about this, it's also becoming a conspirator on this crime. So we need to make this subject as loud as possible to make sure that people all over the world are alert, they keep an eye on this situation. Because just think about this, when you take 85 children across the border, it's not two children that you uh, have by uh, each of your sides, you know, it's 85. It's impossible that nobody noticed anything. But like when people know that such a problem exists, that children can be trafficked, can be, uh, you know, sent to, for, for the organs be taken out and all kind of other uh, manipulations. Uh, when people are alert, they will pay attention to this and it is a chance to prevent this. Always a chance to prevent this. So I'm asking everyone who is listening to us, please be alert, uh, please don't ignore this issue. If you have any information or something bothers you, please go to our website, uh, fondfbr.ru. There is a contact form over there. Uh, please contact us, let us know, and uh, we can make this world better together. Thank you so much for joining me today. I know you were very serious about this. I've talked to you before about children that have been on the hit list that were as young as 11, the Ukrainian hit list. And I know that your passion and your heart is behind all these injustices. I'm really uh, very hopeful that you take an interest too in January 6th, you know, the people who are persecuted there and other persecutions. You know, we have 80,000 kids that have crossed our United States southern border who are missing. We don't know where they're where they are. Uh, and so the issue in this country is absolutely incredible. I mean, I don't, and we're not unique. I don't think we're that unique, but I'm so glad that you're out there fighting and trying to shine light on this. Thank you, Sarah, for having such a kind, caring heart. Thank you for talking about this issue. I wish you all the best. I wish uh, our viewers and readers uh, to keep up their courage, to keep their hope, faith, love in their heart and light, and uh, everything will be just fine.